Hmm, so Mallory, I want to start with a quote that I've always known the first part of it, mm-hmm. but never the second part. And I think someone else just said it, like added onto it, and I really loved it. It says, after all said and done, there's more said than done. <laughs> I really like that one. Why do you like that? Because I never really, like, when you talk about doing something, when you tell your friends that you're writing a book, when you incessantly talk about it, you never actually go out and do it, mm. which I think is like, because procrastination is our topic today, I thought mm-hmm. that was such a nice little doubles-edged sword there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> After all said and done, there's more said than done. <laughs> so then, so what is the, your, um, what's the antidote for that? The antidote? Yeah. I would say, I think if you really want to do something, you wouldn't talk about it. You would sit down, use your time, and you would do it. Okay. I think so. Okay. Like if you, if you, if you tell your friend, oh, I want to buy you a gift, but you never buy them a gift. What is that? There's the saying that goes, we judge other people by their actions, but we judge ourselves by our intent. Mm-hmm. That makes no sense, right? Sometimes your examples seem really personal. Like, they, well, well, because <laughs> like, did someone say to you, uh, I know what you're saying. Like I, I have people in like, they're constantly talking about something that they want to do or making a change, you know, yeah. but then like. They never then do. they don't follow through in making that change. Right. Uh, like maybe a friend who, I think I'm guilty of this, mm. where I have sometimes some periods of time where I don't reach out to a friend or I don't reach out to anyone because I'm, uh, I don't know, over committing or something. And I might apologize to certain friends over and over again. Mm. You know, like, oh, mm. I'm sorry, I didn't reach out. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't contact you. But then, it, you know. What is it? When all is said and done. Yeah. You know, there's more said than done. <laughs> I said a lot, but then in, in the end, I need to actually, you know, if it's a relationship that matters to me, I need to make a change so that I can can show up to that commitment. Show up to that commitment. I like <laughs> yes. that. I'm, I, well, specifically, yes, that is from my life. That's, they mm. have to be very um, specific. Mm. However, I think how I do it is I do the same thing where I'm like, I don't talk to you. And it's not because I don't want to see you. It's just people have a lot going on in their mm-hmm. lives. And then you realize, oh, I haven't prioritized this person or this thing. And therefore, that relationship or the progress of that thing suffers. Mm-hmm. That's just how, that's how life works, I guess. And it's only with like rare people, like best friends that, that do not take offense to either of us not contacting mm-hmm. you for like ever. So I have a friend, her name is Jessica. She lives in South Africa. We used to live together and we, you know, best friends. We would not talk for a year and then hop on the phone and talk for eight hours straight. I love that. And we would not blame each other for the lack of contact because life happens. We're in different countries in different time zones. So I think people, when you look at yourself, you understand that, oh, I've done this thing where I don't contact people. Other people have the same capacity. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that they like you any less. Right. Not necessarily. <laughs> right. Anyway, yes. that was a long ramble. That I'm was. Sorry. That was a tangent. I started it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was getting defensive. <laughs> hmm. So, yeah. So, I think a good way to start would be for you to give us a little bit of a reading and see what the the cards have in store for us. And let's see. Do we pick an intention? Yeah. So, for the sake of time, I think we decided just to pull one card. Okay. And... Um, so now I'm shuffling them and thinking of our topic. Our topic is procrastination. Mm-hmm. 
as I told you, I think you and I have very different ideas about <laughs> procrastination. So I'm very curious to know what you will say about it and yeah. to, to learn from you and, and also see how our, maybe our, um, our perspectives are different. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward, forward to being challenged. Likewise. Yes. Um, so yeah, we can, I'm, I'm asking for a card that will seed an idea or, or perhaps allow us to set an intention for our conversation. Um, ooh, so let's see what we have. Oh, okay. We have the temperance card. The temperance card, which is a very, I love the artwork. First yes. of all, I really love the artwork. Uh, it's very androgynous, which is what I love someone standing in like a space obviously and the background there are flowers that have faces on them i like mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. <laughs> and then standing and pouring water into a bowl what is that what does that mean okay so first of all yeah this is from the neo tarot and all of the cards are kind of androgynous which is like one that. thing i like about the deck mm -hmm. so temperance well a lot of times we talk about temperance well, wait, wait, what does temperance uh, mean? Just oh, for clar like clarity well, for people. Well, like. right. So I think usually we will say it's moderation Oof. or balance. Oof. Or <clears throat> when I think, of, I, I always think about temper, like the act of tempering oh, something. Right. By, and which, which is often a slow process, like, um, mm. you know, changing the constituents of one thing by adding something else in slowly. So I think this card often has a sort of alchemical quality about it. Mm. Um, what are we, what are we tempering? What are the ingredients that we're mixing together um, to perhaps, you know, form something new? Mm. And I also think it's a card we often relate to healing. To healing. Like a sense of healing through connection with perhaps, you know, some mysterious ingredients uh, or mysterious forces that we can't see. Mm. You know, like, like, I love that you pointed out the faces in the flowers because yeah. it kind of, it reminded me of sort of how everything is alive. There's living energy all around us. And that's how I relate to this card is like, okay, um, so especially when thinking about when I think of pro procrastination, I think of creativity and the like stuff I want to do. Yes. Because like, I'm a very like industrious person and I want to do a lot of things and temperance when it comes for me is sort of a reminder that I'm not, it's not just me, the individual who is like making something or yeah. who's trying to do something that there's actually like this living world all around interacting with this process. Oh, so am I wrong in saying what I'm hearing is that, you kind of like get in your head a bit and it's nice to just step out for a bit and see this collaboration of energy happening and then continuing again or am I reading that wrong? Yeah, well, I think when I get in my head when it comes to projects or things I might be procrastinating on, yeah, uh, I think when I experience a block around that, I might be doing like several things. I might be forcing a timeline onto something mm. that doesn't reflect the availability of energy, you know? <laughs> in yourself, <clears throat> in the environment, in yes. other people. Which right. is all connected and yeah. all like weaving, you know, weaving together when okay. we create things, you know? I like that. I really like that because, yeah, I, I think I can also get into my head and then not regard that there is a flow state 
mm-hmm. and sometimes we can access it and sometimes we're not in the right energy frequency to access that mm-hmm. access that so yeah and that and that perhaps that flow state is like a living thing like yes. these flat like that that wants to participate with us and that we as humans assert our priorities and, and goals our calendars and our it. timelines yeah <laughs> yeah but that it's like but i think temperance to me is is also like remembering and then devoting ourselves to that which is beyond the human experience mm. but which we're always kind of mingling with um oh yeah and we cannot force our humanness onto a lot of these elements <laughs> right or we can try but that's when i think we get stuck yeah i think industry and that has put us into a, a sort of like an assembly line of of productivity that doesn't work in terms of how the laws of nature mm-hmm. work. So I like mm. the temperance. That was what came up. It's very nice that we're able to connect that with our topic. It's It feels right. It feels right. So is there an intention that you could draw from that card and that uh, conversation? To listen. Okay. Actively listen. Ooh, I love it. So that I can slow down mm. and therefore add and see how I've changed to temper something to see how my Mm. feelings my thoughts my habits how i can affect those or change those for a i guess a a, to be a better person in general Mm. yes okay i love that listening Mm. and tempering yeah within this space yeah and for you specifically do you have any i think i think just acknowledging the presence of the non-human in our conversation Oh, yes. Okay. The energy, as mm-hmm. I like to say. Mm-hmm. So for pre- procrastination, like, unless you're someone like Oprah, like someone really rich, you know, that have the resources and things to not procrastinate, mm. you know, everyone procrastinates, like every single person. Or if you're like me, you have perfected the art of looking like you're, like you're, you know, productive. <laughs> when in fact, the only constant <laughs> in my life is I'm falling apart. <laughs> Looking, looking like you're productive, I think, is a, a valuable life skill in today's workplace. Yeah, so like... Good if you're, for you. I like that. If you're in the workplace, right, and you have a boss that micromanages, mm-hmm. and you're walking down the hall, and you don't look busy, carry a piece of paper. Carry yep. a clipboard with nothing on it, and people mm-hmm. will assume you're busy. That's, I think that's a great strategy. We should all do that. <laughs> we should all. There's so much privilege inherent in, like, when we, when we, even when we talk about success mm. and productivity, a lot of times I think those conversations are not, they're, they're very ableist a lot of the time because the, there's, a lot, there's a lot of programming that we have around oh. productivity and what we should be able to do. To do Life hacks. And, yeah, and things like that. And the reality is that most of us, because of our, uh, you know, our unique bodies and our work situations, the the world that we live in, uh, etc. It's state hard of our for us health. to yes, our mental health, um, the the collapse of human society currently like, going through. Yes, yep. so like the idea of. Um, being like the idea of not procrastinating mm. doesn't really mean Resident. anything to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like there, there. What when you said that I, rem- I remember a statement or something that I found extremely inspiring at the moment, and mm-hmm. I like really got it, and and uh, I really identify with it. Like you take any famous person, right, or any mm-hmm. person that is productive, famous for success, whatever. People like to do that and mm-hmm. use them as like a standard and go. You have the same twenty four hours as Beyonce has. 
Actually, I don't. <laughs> I, I don't have the money that her time has, okay? I don't have the resources. I don't have a personal chef. I don't have a personal trainer. Mm-hmm. I have to drive to the gym. It's not in my home. Like all these things that that equate to you saying you have the same 24 hours, you don't have the same. It's not the same for everyone. So at first I was at that spectrum. You have the same 24 hours as Bill Gates or Oprah or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't. It's not the same. These are not measures of success that we have to reach towards. It's nice to have something to look up to and be like, that's my goal. Mm-hmm. However, it can also be like unrealistic. Yeah. Deeply unrealistic. <laughs> yeah, that seems very bypassing to me. Like yeah. <laughs> bypassing the reality of our lives. But I want to ask, I want to listen to you. Like when you when you first encountered that quote, what was it that you resonated with or that inspired you about that? Or is there anything that you still kind of carry from that um, that's useful or helpful? This happened probably back in 2011, 2012. I had a friend who was very focused on, like committed on, on starting a business and he would put everything, all the energy into that. And mm-hmm. I really, really liked that kind of focus. Mm-hmm. And whenever I do something... If I'm writing in that moment of flow state, I'm putting all my energy into it. And I'm so always so surprised at how much time, maybe it, it's 20 minutes, but I felt so like, so the, the world didn't matter. I saw nothing. I didn't feel hungry. It was just this focus. Mm-hmm. And so to imagine yourself as having most of your time being that focused was like a kind of a goal. But as I learned more, I realized we don't have energy for that much focus all the time. Right. So that was the where the inspiration came from, is that focus. That makes sense. And to me, it sounds like devotion too. Ooh, like, devotion. Um, which in preparing for this podcast, one of the resources that I reviewed was Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. Mm. And... At, at one point, she she has a section entitled Devotion or About Devotion. And basically, w- what she's saying is that I think in reviewing what we give our time and energy to, mm. if we are, if we commit to something that is, that we, we feel devoted to, that we really love and care about, we, that there is, uh, perhaps there is a way, there is a way to, to come to that sort of flow state and we will eventually come to like do this thing. If it's rooted in like a deep love and devotion, which when I think about devotion, I think about showing up, show, trying, striving to show up yep. a little bit at a time but not shaming yourself when Ooh. you're not able to do that, yes. but just like over maybe a long period of time or a long process, finding like some joy and presence and connection mm. in showing up to something because you love it. Because you love it. I mm. think if you can marry devotion with consistency, mm-hmm. that is a really sweet spot for completing or showing up for your calling or your thing or the thing you want to achieve or to make or... Um, so what does procrastination look like for you? Like, what does it mean for you? How would you define it? Mm. Um, delaying or putting off a task. Mm. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think all of us can relate to that. <laughs> I like to be a little bit more um, me about it. Okay. So extra. <laughs> I say that. Yeah, extra. <laughs> um, I say the procrastination is lying to yourself. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> wow. Lying to okay. myself. Tell me more. It it goes within accordance to like my belief that you that 
tell the truth to yourself. Even if you don't tell it to other people, tell the truth to yourself mm -hmm. first. Mm -hmm. Procrastination is lying, is the way that I see it, is me lying to myself that I will do this later. I won't. Mm. So it's a roundabout way of, of me overcoming the, the cycle of thought that comes with, I'll do it later. Mm. No, you're lying to yourself. You won't. And okay. rather just say that, I don't want to do this now. Mm. Rather say that. I love yourself. that. I love that. Yeah. As a, that's kind of a, like a response. Yes. So, so also in preparing for this, I was, I re-listened to a talk that an herbalist and writer that I love, her mm -hmm. name is Rebecca Altman. And she, she several years ago, I think this, or maybe 2021, sent out like an email newsletter and it had this video and it was about resistance. And she kind of reviewed all of these sort of like, I think it was called the treasure trove of your resistance. And mm. she was challenging a lot of the ideas that we have around, um, you know, these times when we're resistant to doing something, which for me, in my opinion, or in my experience, when I procrastinate, that is me being resistant to a task. That I don't want to do this thing. Right. One of the things that she uh, she encourages uh, you to do is to like, uh, you know, check in with your body. Mm. Like and and oh, like, yeah, that's a nice you one. You know, like what is uh, why am I resisting this task? Why don't I want to do this? So when you said that, like you just don't want to do this thing, I think sometimes that's very true. Yeah. And then and then. So why is that, you know? Oh, <laughs> like, then going a step further. Why? I liked what you said, and I do agree with you. I think that it can sometimes be as simple as, I don't want to do this thing. Yeah. And that can be a very neutral thing. And it can also be okay. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I think where that, uh, the, the person that wrote that newsletter, what was her name? Rebecca Altman. Rebecca Altman. I think where she got this idea of resistance from, I think, I don't know her mind, is from a book called The, Ar the War of Art by Stephen Pressfield, a book that I have ordered for you because I really oh, think this okay. will add value to your life. Okay. And he wrote about resistance back in 2014. Mm -hmm. So, and, and what... Oh, there's a lot of overlap there. Yeah, there's a lot of overlap there. I'm like, I think she got it from him because prior to him, I hadn't heard procrastination in the creative field or in, in any work in um said as resistance mm. and i did like the rebranding or the re the the because procrastination has become a sort of loaded word it's very loaded yeah so the, before we get more into it i would i'd like to go into a little bit of like a deeper understanding of like mm. procrastination and like where do you think the word came from do you know i don't know you don't know okay so let's go a little bit into the origin of the word okay. um obviously or not obviously because it could be latin or german but it's latin root and pro meaning forward mm -hmm. and crastinus meaning belonging to tomorrow okay right and so i think the word came around at the towards the end of the 16th century the end of the 1500s and that uh that's the 16th century was a period of rapid expansion and so we saw a lot of new jobs in terms of like creativity acting music um invention science the microscope was invented the thermometer was the early versions of those things a lot of that happened in the renaissance the mm -hmm. uh, how do how do we say in south africa renaissance mm -hmm. <laughs> the uk pronunciation mm -hmm. and um it just kind of reminded me of how young we are as a civilization that during that time of like productivity invention like that time that also the word emerged mm -hmm. as well mm -hmm. as it is something that's like a 
a sort of like a byproduct of productivity mm-hmm. is procrast- procrastination. Yeah, so it was really kind of interesting that William Shakespeare, all those people came around at this time. People, authors and, and scientists that have left indelible marks on civilization today, that they also most likely struggled with it. As well as certain philosophies mm. that now we, I think we struggle with, uh, you know, in terms of like the sort of, um, I don't know, perhaps the per- per- quote unquote purpose mm. of human industriousness and like, um, I don't know. I think that's very interesting. I have a strong sort of rebellious reaction to that word, Mm. the emergence of that word Mm. um, as you're describing it, because I think to me it feels sort of rooted in the production of or the creation of uh, a process that to me feels very human, which is like idleness or you know it is a very yeah um, it is but things things that we as humans really need which is like to not be producing and busy and creating but now there's a term that um you know at this point carries a lot of like shame yeah uh, etc yes yes which is where the (laughs) mental health aspect comes in because like today we say the procrastination is an active process it's like this there's an implication that you have a willingness to do something, but you're doing something else that kind of has a, a short-lived reward instead of like doing the activity, the boring one, the one you don't want to do, that later on has a longer-term mm-hmm. uh, positive payoff. Mm-hmm. But we supplant those things. We procrastinate for a shorter payoff. Mm-hmm. So I think when we look at that a little bit, you're like, what you're doing is it's just you're delaying the inev- inevitable. It m- makes me feel... A little bit uncomfortable to think that way mm-hmm. because it's kind of like you're putting off with dealing with negative emotions and i understand when people need to do that however when you comp- when you do that consistently when you eventually get there it's destructive uh do you think that people for example people who are neuro neurodiverse mm. um I imagine that there that the conversations uh, in that context around procrastination would be very different. Is or, it is it procrastination? Well, like you were saying, put it when you said when you said like putting off uh, like a maybe a bigger task or ma- more important perhaps mm. um, task for like small rewarding tasks. To me, I think about you know like. Uh, ADHD and people mm. with brains that that have have low amounts of dopamine and therefore that that like process of focusing on a, a small task um, even if it's not related to the thing that you really want to do yeah. is like a necessary process mm. for you know uh, rewarding the brain enough so that it can do things can do things <laughs> you know like I, I when when I was when I looked at that definition I completely mm-hmm. thought about this and I mm-hmm. don't think that that is a that that um that is procrastination. Mm-mm. I really okay. don't think so. I think it is a tool that that must be employed yeah. um and practiced and habitualized for you to be able to if you want to do that thing. What's the distinction for you? What ooh that's hard. How do you draw because, a distinction? Cuz I don't I, I I don't know if I if I experience neurodivergence. Maybe mm-hmm. I do. I haven't really delved like delved into that very much. Mm-hmm. So it I can't say that there's a distinction. Because when you're neurodivergent, you don't know the other side. Mm. And when you're 
not neurodivergent, you don't know. Mm. Do you know what I mean? But this is kind of why I love that we're talking about this because, well, full disclosure, I don't have an ADHD diagnosis. However, uh, over the past year, I have been doing a lot of research and talking to a lot of people and finding that... um, if I were to see a psychiatrist mm. uh, for a diagnosis, I'm quite certain that I would receive one. Yeah. Um, I think and it's a completely natural thing. Well, it's, it, what's a natural thing? ADHD. ADHD. Well, it's is it natural or is it like a... It just doesn't fit within our society. Yeah, exactly. That's... Yeah, it's diversity, right? Yeah, it's just diversity. A, it's a diver- there's, there are, there's a spectrum of, you know... Uh, our mental states. And how our brains function. And uh, I think... Chemically, biologically, genetically, yes. Yes. And so it's like, for for me, the more that I learn about that and I learn about my brain, uh, which, which, you know, I do need those, I do need like little rewards mm. and hits of novelty mm. and excitement mm. um, in order to, to do almost anything, I think. Uh, <sighs> it makes the topics like procrastination can be, I think... Even, even triggering for a lot of people because a lot yes. of times we like, I think we minimize that experience and just say, well, if you just do this one thing, mm. you know, then you will be able to accomplish your tasks. And it's the, sometimes not as simple as that. No. And no. I, the, the only thing, the last thing I would say about that, I think is just, I uh, was talking with a friend about this recently mm. um, who does have ADHD and she has had that diagnosis for many years. And I, you know, she shared that, when she thinks about procrastination and like, you know, productivity, these are things that she struggles with because, you know, she's a parent and she yes. has a, a date, you know, an office job. Uh, she She's basically what she told me was that she has had to let go of all expectations around productivity, but then basically establish reinforcements or set herself up for success any given day and hope that that will result in uh, you know less procrastination yeah things like getting enough sleep and exercising and exercising things that she knows uh you know uh, meet her kind of core needs Mm. that then hopefully hopefully that will mean that she doesn't procrastinate as much yeah and then trying to to set up this environment for you to be able to function according to someone else's schedule mm-hmm. is a very difficult thing to to balance to to make peace with, yes. um, because of the world we live in. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I can I I deeply empathize with that mm-hmm. because I am the type of person that can just work. That's been able to do that. Okay. I don't like it, but I can do it. So mm. I I empathize. However, I I don't know the experience. From a personal level, because you you kind of find that you can do that with relative ease. Yeah, with okay. re- yeah. I mean, I procrastinate and then I get down to it. I'm like, then I can do it without any problem. Mm-hmm. So I am lucky to have a mental state or a chemical balance in my brain that allows me to fit into this mold of society. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people don't, you know, and in other ways, I don't. And mm-hmm. some, you know, it's it's very different for all of us, I guess. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to add? I don't think so. Okay. Um, so I want to know is how does procrastination kidnap your attention? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. 
I look at it as like your attention being kidnapped mm-hmm. by something else. Is it? Are you asking like what tends to kidnap Procrast- yes. my attention? What tends to? Yeah. What, what is a because procrastination is a habit. Yes. We do the same things when we procrastinate. We don't do different things. Oh, okay. There is a there is a, a a box of things that you do. I think that's how I experience it. Okay. Social media. There we go. <laughs> That's why I'm not on Instagram like anymore. That resonates so with a lot of people. Yes, good for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, social media. Um, well, overwhelm and burnout. Like mm. uh, this is so. There's a there's a there's a someone that I do follow on Instagram. Yeah, it's very tricky because it I is. hate social media, but I also get a lot out of it. I know that's the um, oh. <laughs> so uh, so. Their name is Luis Mojica. Um, of holistic life navigation so they're a therapist and a like a life coach and they uh recently they shared uh it was just sort of a post like procrastination is a freeze response and uh, that really resonated with me because i whenever i'm especially i go back to scrolling social media mm. when i'm doing that i do that a lot in a in a state of procrastination and i do think that it's related to my sense of overwhelm and burnout and stress from just daily life Mm. and so um it's like i get frozen i can't do anything Mm. and then i just start like you know checking out and ironically that also overstimulates you yep oh yes it's a vicious thank you you're right it's a vicious cycle (laughs) yeah but i mean there is there there can i i do think i want to acknowledge that that can give us something that like scrolling can be um, it's like, oh, I think I mentioned the term cyber loafing. Yeah. That 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 comes from, um, or that was referenced in a book a that I read recently. Okay. Um, it can give us something. But yeah, I think scrolling social media and also just like, um, I'll be doing something that I don't want to do. Mm. I think it, it happens at work when I'm lesson planning or I'm doing some paperwork. I hate doing paperwork. That's... <sighs> I don't think anyone really... wakes up in the morning and says, yay, paperwork. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it's uh, so draining and I hate it. It's drudgery. And so then, I don't know, like a book. Mm. I, I'll like, mm. I'll just go oh. like, oh, I just want to, I want, I'm going to read a page from this book uh, or I get distracted. I'll start, oh, my kitchen is dirty. Let me like wipe down a counter. Oh, honey. This feels like ADHD to me, but... <laughs> I think the the whole like cleaning thing is a big one for me. As you know, I like cleanliness. Yes. However, I can be messy as well. My mom was like that. She was messy. However, things were clean. Mm-hmm. And so when I have something to do, I'm like, you know what? These windows haven't been yes. washed in a while. I need to wash these windows. Oh, wait, I don't have Windex. I don't have a... I need a new squeegee thing. I need to go buy that first. And then I go and buy that. And then after the windows, I'm like, oh, I just saw the vacuum. I'm just going to vacuum this quickly. Mm. And I'm going to vacuum the ceiling. I don't know. Just anything <laughs> that gets me like not going to that thing, right? <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know if that specifically is ADHD. I don't think so. I'm just... I'm just like, but it's where you turn. That's one of that's one of your patterns. Yes. When you're procrastinating, you tend to yeah. clean instead of doing the thing that you wanted. To yes. Do. The other one is very specific. <laughs> when I had social media, now I go on TikTok, but it doesn't it doesn't grab me as much as um, Instagram, which is why I delete Instagram. Um, is that? Let's say it's eleven twenty one, and I'm like. I'll start at 11.30. So I'll scroll for nine minutes. I have nine minutes. I'll I'll watch the clock, right? It's right there on my phone. Mm -hmm. Of course, it's not nine minutes. It's 11 minutes. I can't now start at like 
11.42. I, I now have to start at, at 11.50 and then I continue. <laughs> so it's like this weird, Ooh. it's this very specific where, thing where I've decided that at 11.30, 12.30, 12.15, whatever, like specific round numbers, I can't start on an uneven number or something like that. I don't know where this came from. <laughs> However, that's how I do things. I'll start when it says 12 o'clock and not 11.58. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when really time doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. Life doesn't work that way, you know? It's just for ease of convenience and like organizing things. It yes. sounds like, it sounds like, yeah, you you don't want to do that thing <laughs> or you can't do that thing, you know? I don't want it's to. It's either you don't want to or, I don't have the or energy. like, or you're right. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? Like, you don't have the energy. You're like, maybe you're overwhelmed or stressed or just tired, exhausted, overcommitted. I think you're, you're absolutely right. Procrastination is a way of us dealing with our stressors in our life. Mm-hmm. I'm reclaiming my time. Yes. It is totally that. I'm, I'm sort of like, yeah, I mean, so for me, this topic's interesting because I'm sort of like, I'm pro-procrastination to an extent. I'm mm. pro-idleness, not doing things unless you really, like, are invested in them. Like, so that's where I'm thinking about looking busy uh-huh. at work. I'm all about that. Like, mm. fool, fool them. Damn yeah. the man. Yeah. I don't care about that. I'm very, I'm very much trying to like normalize for myself and others shedding productivity as a concept. Mm. And on the flip side, though, the flip side is like we've talked about, I do have goals and I do like I have goals when it comes to my tarot practice Mm. and my writing. Like Mm. I really, really want to have a a more regular writing routine Mm. and procrastination is a, a hurdle to some of those things. It definitely is. Yeah. When you said that, I think one thing that I really found interesting is while preparing for this podcast, I had no problem sitting down working for mm-hmm. it because I really want to do it. Yeah. This is something that I really, really like doing. Mm-hmm. And the continuous doing the practice of it is giving me a dopamine, dopamine rush or response mm-hmm. or trigger in some way. Therefore, I'm not procrastinating on doing it. Yep. I don't know. That's this why so... it's like, is procrastination a thing? If we were, is it mo- really a thing? Yeah, is, I, I'm in this place now. When I think about all these concepts that we've been like walking with for our lives, now I'm like, what if we, if we existed outside of oh, capitalism? Oh my would god! Would procrastination yes. even be a word, a, a concept? I'm not sure. I don't think so. I don't think so. I because it's if... all rooted in our productivity based on other people's you know, paradigms. You know like. what I just thought of? And, and you can challenge me on this. Please do. Yes. But if we all got a universal basic income, do you think procrastination would be such a thing? If well... We have some of our basic needs right. met every mm-hmm. day that we're sure that we don't have to spend energy on worrying about the state of mental health. Yeah, well, the chronic thing. stress and chronic anxiety around, like, are my needs going to be met? If yeah. that were ameliorated, then, yes, perhaps we could, you know, fo- we could, quote unquote, focus on, you know, tasks that uh, interest and engage us. You know, mm. that's also, you know, I think if we if we arranged our societies around you know, everyone showing up for their particular talents and gifts and interests Mm. and then putting time and effort into that rather than what we're currently doing, which is just giving our bodies and our energies uh, and our time to, yeah, just to just surviving by, you know, the scraps of our employers, basically. Mm. So yes, I do think if that were the case, (laughs) 
We would have a different conversation around this. Honestly, yeah. we may not even have to have a conversation <laughs> yes, about it. I don't yes. know. Um, so next up, I want to I want to give you some myths to read. But before we do that, is there anything you want to add? Is there anything that you missing no. out? No. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what I want to do, I want to give you four myths. I'll give you one. You read it, and let's see how we feel about it okay. and talk about it. Okay. This is the first one. Oh, I love it. It's handwritten. Okay. Procrastination is a time management problem. Hmm. What do you think about that when you... That's a, that's a, a myth from a Harvard-affiliated psychology website that I found. I agree that this is a myth. Because a lot of people just say, you just need to manage your time better. And that's really ableist. It's so ableist. Thank you. It is so ableist. So problematic. That's easy for you to say. It's kind of like telling, like, when 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 a friend is sad and you say, don't be sad. Right. Yeah, or just like, it's not helpful. you know, oh, it'll, you know, it'll be, you'll be okay, you know, or like just fo- focus on, it's like, it's like toxic positivity. Oh, yes. You know? Toxic positivity, yeah. which is a byproduct of popular um, mental health the movement i think Mm -hmm. the thing is that what people don't understand you can't manage time you can manage yourself Mm. you can't manage time because time is something it's a man-made concept a Mm -hmm. that's something we all share so you can't manage it yourself right it's not changing (laughs) it's not changing we just live under this like you know um, this saturnian definition of time (laughs) that we don't get to control exactly the only thing you can do is manage yourself and then there was a mm. uh i want to couple that with like a quote that i read from a psychology professor called joseph ferrari which is kind of a weird surname but i like it maybe mm. it's very fast <laughs> uh, <laughs> flashy <laughs> right <okay. laughs> um and he says people procrastinate because they don't value the time of others and that rung true for me it may not Ooh, I, okay. I i don't know what you think about it but <laughs> i agree with that completely tell me you why. don't value the time of others let's say you have to meet your friend at 12 o'clock mm-hmm. and you have that person that's at 11 30 i'm leaving the house they're lying they've just they've, they're just stepping into the shower right for you to to not manage yourself when you have agreed to meet someone or do something at a specific time mm-hmm. that you are not you don't respect your time or yourself no that's a bit strong. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's show, a show of respect for someone else. Now, I do understand that things happen within people's lives. Mm-hmm. Communicate that. Instead of lying, tell the truth and say, I woke up late. Um, perhaps we should cancel if you, if you can only meet at 12 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Perhaps say that. And don't make that person now wait around. Oh, they said they're leaving. I believe that. Yeah, it's been right, 20 minutes, right. they're not here. Right. At what point do I, the person waiting now, have the agency to go, I'm not staying here for an hour waiting for you because you didn't organize, manage your time right. I'm saying this within the box of nothing happened at home, mm-hmm. that you weren't in a car accident, like mm-hmm. not, nothing like that. It's with things that, are, that were within your control. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, like, I just want to say that. Sure, <laughs> sure. People, yeah, yeah. Non-emergency situations and chronic patterns of lateness. Yes. Sure. That's you not managing yourself. I, what do you uh, think? <laughs> I just had a random thought, which is when I was in uh, grad school, one of my professors said uh, that chronic lateness is a form of passive aggression. 
<laughs> I love your... Never, never love forgotten that. Um, well, what I love from your story is more just about you being clear on your boundaries. Oh, yeah. Like, which again, in, in, it's like boundaries are not things that other people can do anything about. Uh, it's like, this is what I will do. So if you're chronically late, if you're mm. late again by this much time, I'm going to leave. Um, yeah. And um, I think I had this discussion with you. I tell friends that. Yeah, that's uh, In a very either serious or fun way, I mm -hmm. tell them, if you're not here on time at the agreed time and you only let me know 10 minutes before, I will not be there. Mm -hmm. You can go and what you'll find is not an Ivor sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> it's someone else. <laughs> It, I know it is sad because I like me, mm -hmm. but it's a boundary that I think we need to set as people. Because like there was a story, the reason I think like that, there was a story of, of someone explaining that kind of like time management, this idea mm -hmm. when they said like, let's say you have a business meeting at five o'clock or whatever. Mm -hmm. And um, that person is there for 10, uh, 450, they're waiting. Okay. And you make whatever excuse, it's the traffic, it's the this, da, 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 all these things that you haven't accounted for, and you arrive at four, uh, 5.45. Now, this is very important for this person, right? So they're waiting there for mm -hmm. you, and then you have your meeting. But what you're doing is you're robbing that person of their time. You don't know what else they have there going on in their life. You may have a daughter in the hospital that can only be visited between these two times, and now you're taking time away from that person, from that daughter, from mm -hmm. that their life. So when we are saying that we agree to meet at a certain time, honor and respect that, that just as you don't have things in control, sometimes that fall out of your control, the other person have things going on in their life that doesn't revolve around you. So I think that when I think of like um, someone in that situation who is chronically late, if I have the most like compassionate and I guess, again, non-ableist perspective, I mm. might think, okay, one thing that that person could do, like if being late all the time is jeopardizing a relationship, which it could, if that person that they're always late for is saying like, okay, I'm not going to wait for you anymore. Um, this is a problem for me at this point. I guess like that's where I, I think of my friend Anne Marie and what she has said about like um, uh, creating, I don't remember the word she used, but putting in reinforcements, you know, like that will then lead to having the capacity to show up as, as we desire. So for example, like if you're always late mm. um, and I've had, fr I've, I've had friendships I guess I still do have friendships with people who are chronically late. Mm. I think I was at one point chronically late as well. So in that case, it's like maybe you could uh, pad your timing more, you know, to say like, I'm going to leave at this time. I still do this. Actually. You do that a lot. It's more about and it's actually more about leaving places where I'll say I'm going to leave at <laughs> I'm gonna leave at 930. Mm -hmm. But what I mean is I will leave by 11. Ah, but I say I'm going to leave at 9.30. Right. I have to give myself this really generous... Um, because for me, uh, I do lose a sense of time, when mm -hmm. I'm, especially when I'm engaged in something. Oh, so yeah. I, I, yeah, like I think if I relate it to the overall topic of procrastination and maybe like what we might be able to do about it, is it time management or is it like 
knowing yourself and your body and your mind so well that you say, these are some things that might lead me to change. Telling the truth to yourself. Okay. That's what I'm getting well, at here. Well, sometimes we don't know the truth. We have to listen for it, right? <laughs> like, I think, mm, like, okay. you know, like, maybe maybe some of, maybe many people are in this process of uncovering the truth. Mm. Uncovering their basic needs or, like, their own patterns, right? Yeah, maybe they... they because and that's the the a, a toxic trait that I have. Just because I look inward all the time, doesn't mean other people are at that space, have that capacity. And that's also a little bit ableist too. Actually, mm. is to assume that people are also self-reflective to the level that I am. Mm. Not to put myself on a pedestal or anything, but it's more you have to meet people where they're at. Mm. So, mm-hmm. but at the same time, there's also the boundary. Yeah. Of, of, yeah. Right. So and then you can hard, you yeah. can set boundaries with other people, mm. but we can't just like we can't manage time. We also can't manage other, other people. people. All we can say is like, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I I expect or what I will do if this doesn't happen. You know, <laughs> I like you saying that we can't manage other people. And then a few nights ago, I love you saying that I'm a fixer. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, Ira, <laughs> yes. I self-reflect there and I go. know this about myself. <laughs> I love that. I understand that this, yeah. my, my unconscious motivation in relationship is often to fix. To fix. But I know consciously that I can't fix people. That doesn't mean that I'm not constantly engaging <laughs> yeah. in that cycle. <laughs> I didn't mean to call you out. I'm just saying no, I love true. how it's like this full circle <laughs> moment where you're like, yeah, I know. However... When it comes to the fluctuations of chemicals of emotions, I think very differently. <laughs> yeah, if you're like a messy, like chaotic, but like artist type, I'm gonna, I'm gonna love that. I'm gonna love that. I can like, I can like mold you into the perfect, you know, version of yourself. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it's, uh, and you're not the only one. You're no. not the only one. People love to think that if we just show this person this amount of love, that that will change them. However, mm-hmm. you have a rude awakening coming. Totally. I want to go on to myth number two. Okay. All right, here you go. Number two, I procrastinate because I'm lazy. Hmm. Whew, what do you think? Okay, well, I just read a book called Laziness Does Not Exist by Dr. Devin Price. Yes, I love that you have the, the words for this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is, this is what they call the laziness lie. All right. So we live in a culture that tells us that laziness is bad. Mm. Um, and that is rooted in the Puritan work ethic. And like, you know, these, these paradigms that we at this point live in our bodies, but which are uh, rooted in like very shaming and uh, this all sounds very Christian. Ugh. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, I mean, like this. I the I think this is one hundred. I agree that this is a myth because I also, having read this book, um, I'm totally convinced that you know laz- laziness is a is a concept that is a tool of empire and that mm. it is not real. Um, and that because as humans. All, again, all of our ideas about productivity and doing and um, like, I don't know, procrastination versus achievement yeah. are, are all rooted in like capitalism. Antiquated, and, capitalistic, like, 
Yeah, and seeing seeing ourselves, seeing our bodies as like these things that we can force to like obey our, I don't know, desires or our goals or the goals of our employers. And really, we have limits as humans. Yeah. All of us are often tired and like we're burnt out. We need time to just be idle. We need time. We need to waste time. These are like human needs Mm. that we have learned to disregard. Right. And I wanted to ask you a question yeah, please do. about this, which is because this is this is a question that comes up in this book. Um, what worth do you attach to productivity? Ooh, the th- when you spoke, the thing that I found that popped up for me was that I that for some reason people or I have thought that my productivity, what I can produce is tied to my worth as a person mm-hmm. without being productive. I feel like I'm less than someone else, mm. which I know is a is a mental health problem, definitely, because you cannot derive your value to what you can what you can produce that. Yeah, that's uh, it's a hard thing. I guess I struggle with is that I've set this goal, for instance, and if I don't work towards achieving that, I feel like I don't have any worth as a person. Mm-hmm. No, no, actually. I feel that I'll feel more worth. I'll feel more valued. Not that I don't have worth as a person. It's more that somewhere deep inside, I think I'll be seen as someone that has more value in society. It feels like an exhausting chase for a sense of success, which is tied to self-worth. And I, and I, uh, just to tie in a little like astrology, you are, you know, you are a Virgo sun and Mm. I know you really relate to, um, the energies of Virgo. Like you've identified how you are very Virgo in and, but I think part of, there's something, there is something beautiful in that, in what I see in you, which is like, you really want to be useful and helpful to others. Like, and you want to be of service. Um, and like, and it, and you can kind of see like, oh, okay, there's there's something that could be better. Like I could, th- we could make this better. Here's how. Like you can kind of analyze and see those things, and then so it's there. I think there there could be a lot of joy for you. I see a lot of joy for you in like devoting yourself to these things mm. that will be of service or will be helpful to other people. Yes. Where yeah. I'm like, there's a better, a faster way to do this. Like, <laughs> you don't have to right click and then press copy. You could just press control C, you know? I know that's a very like trite example, but that's... The <laughs> yes. But a lot of time, I also have to realize no one asked for the help <laughs> that I want, the service that I want to provide. I know you need it. I can see that you need it. But right now, you don't want it. And I have to make like peace with that. Yeah. You can't manage other people. Ah, I love that you brought it back. Thank you so much. You brought it back. (laughs) Yes. I can't manage any people. Yeah. I just wanted to say that only because I think that I do, I do think this, yeah, this is totally a myth that is used to oppress us. Oh, Um, yes. The, the concept of laziness is just a tool of oppression. Um, Inherently lazy kind of like means that you don't have value. Right. Yes, because and it's like your morality is called into question. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But I wanted to point out the other side of that, which is that uh, knowing you, you are someone I think that for for which um, having a goal 
Mm. and something that's important to you and then devoting yourself to that because it, in the end it will be helpful or it will be uh, healing or of service to others is really beautiful. Oh, thank um, you. So that's like, so I can see that there's this like challenging this <laughs> dance, you know, like the conflict of that, mm. the, the, the conflict of letting go of the society's definitions of productivity mm. letting go of laziness as a concept um but then also like devoting yourself to uh something and finding a way to be consistent because it matters to you yes finding a way to be consistent that's very very mm. true as as uh, we'll just get touching on a light astrology thing here yes virgo but also gemini <laughs> it's the Gemini, right? Yes, it's the two. You're a Gemini rising. Yes, mm-hmm. it's the, the 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 twins, the ones crazy and the ones like. <laughs> it's that balancing, trying to find that balance. Mm-hmm. Thank you. You've 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 made my my day by recognizing that thing. So thank you. Yeah. I feel very um, both seen and vulnerable at the same time. Mm. So I guess when people are looking at you, you do feel vulnerable. Yes. Yes. Can be scary. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else you want to add before we go into no. the third myth? Okay. So the third myth, we're almost done. Okay. I need to be inspired or in the right mood before I can work on this. I chose this for you. Okay. Why did you choose this for me? Because I think we had it when we were working on our offering, you did mention that you like to create an atmosphere, a mood with a messy table and that kind of thing mm-hmm. to be able to work effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, I may have read that wrong or understood that incorrectly, but I thought that it's something that you could, um, that you might have something to say about because for you, perhaps it is true. Perhaps you do need to feel the energy of creativity like we spoke before yes well this one definitely i have a different response number one and number two i was like this is bullshit uh (laughs) we don't need that um i need to be well i need to be it there is kind of i'm 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 keeping our intention in mind Mm. which well my intention was to acknowledge the non-human okay there is a, a little bit of hmm I need to be inspired or in the right mood before I can work on this. For me, I agree to a point where in order to work on something effectively, I do need to have some interest in it. In order to do that thing, well, no, because I do things all the time that I that don't inspire me and when I'm in a bad mood. Because I have to. Because like I have work. to. Yeah. I don't want to write student reports. Ugh. I don't want to fill out three different versions of an attendance sheet. Ugh. But do I do that? Yes. yes because, because I'm required to. For survival. Uh, for my survival. Right? Yeah. I want to keep my job. So I guess I don't need to be inspired or in the right mood mm. to do that. Sometimes we just do things because we have to. But if I think about like best case scenario or showing up consistently for something yeah i want there to be a sense of awe or excitement or novelty or inspiration in that and i don't know right mood what is the right mood yeah what is the right i I question that kind of concept mm. i don't know what that means it's like i feel creative I no, feel, yeah. I don't doing. think so. Okay. I, um, every moment of my life, it can be a creative, literally, like is a creative moment. Moment. So right. I, there is no right mood for creativity. There, uh, there's a. I think there are things that we can do. Yeah, because you could be mm. in a complete sad mood and write a love song 
I think that people have like when they say I need to be inspired to create something, it's kind of like I think people are using positive language to just lie to themselves. <laughs> <laughs> just, just just to disguise your procrastination. Oh, okay, okay. I, I think so. Yeah. Um because I often found and I think you may agree with this, is that the inspiration comes when you start working. The inspiration comes when you sit down and start working. Yeah. Then usually that's when it comes. Sometimes it doesn't. But most of the time, when you're sitting down, putting energy, thought, action into the doing, that creates the mood for further inspiration, for further doing. That's yeah. what I have found. I don't know if that's... Yeah, it resonates yeah. with me because uh, when I'm thinking about like... I, I'm thinking about like stuff that I care about, right? Not mm. like the drudgery of my day job. Yeah, but, yeah. Stuff that you want um, to do. The, the, the service you want to give to the world. Right. I'm, <laughs> yeah. th- I'm thinking about... My friend and teacher, Jonathan Coe, in, I was taking a course. I don't remember which course this was, but at one point they said they, they talked about developing secure attachment with our practices or with our tools, mm. which like I sort of still, I'm still like holding that close mm. and thinking about uh, and feeling like what that means to me. But I think what it means is like, you know, I mentioned that procrastination is a source of, I guess, frustration for me when it comes to my writing uh, Ooh, right yes. now, right I, now at this point. Yeah. Like, I want to write. Every, I want to write consistently, hmm. but I'm not. And there's a lot of reasons why. There is something to finding a rhythm and finding a way to devote myself to that practice, even if it's bit by bit. And by doing so, I'm establishing an attachment to that practice. Uh, like like that, so it's not super inconsistent. It's not, you know, anxious. It's like, no, I sit down, like, for this amount of time, uh, and I do this thing. And sometimes maybe I'll just sit there and won't write. And, and maybe, <laughs> and, and that's also okay. <laughs> but, I'm, but I'm showing up. You know what? <laughs> I... When you were saying this, there are two books that I see in your future that okay. I must give you. The one is by Stephen Pressfield. The first one I mentioned called The Art of the War of Art. Sorry, The War of Art. Okay. And the second one is by James Clear called Atomic Habits. Okay. Both those things. I've heard of that. Yes, I have helped it. me in ways that I can't describe or that I get very passionate about talking. And then we'll talk about this forever okay. and we're already in an hour. Um <laughs> I want to go into our fourth myth, okay. our last one. Are you okay with transitioning into Let's that? Let's do it. Yes, last one. I procrastinate because I don't have enough discipline. Ooh. What do you think? Hmm. <laughs> mm. I don't. I I don't like the don't have enough. Mm. Yeah. I don't like that wording. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think. People go, I should be more disciplined. Whatever the, the phrase is. is that like, not enoughness, that, that like really, it sends me back to that place of like, I don't have worthlessness. Value. Yes. yes. Ugh, like, so I'm like, Ugh. Yes. And so, icky it is icky. I think, I think that's a roundabout way of saying I need to be tougher on myself. I need to be harder. And I think that's also like negative self-talk. That yes. me saying I don't have enough discipline is, is negative self-talk. Because yes. who... Who, who gave this idea to you that you don't have enough discipline to do? Like, where does it come from? As if discipline is, but no, discipline is valued in our capitalistic society. Yeah. And that's the problem is, or the idea of what discipline means. Yeah. Again, I will say to me, I, if I, well, there is 
there is great value to me in cultivating a sense of discipline like in terms of maybe I would use other words like cultivating a sense of accountability and consistency and devotion and uh you know like industriousness Mm. for things that I care about for for what matters for what's important yeah yeah I don't think it's about not having enough of though and that's like that's what I I balk at here is yeah because not enoughness what is the container that you measure that enoughness like how right it's immeasurable yeah yeah or it's it's like based on you know, really, really troublesome and violent paradigms. But yes, I think, very uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I be, well, violent, especially towards our bodies, you know, mm. just like what, what we're expected to do with our bodies on a daily basis is mm. bullshit. But discipline, I mean, I'm curious what you think, because I know you are an avid gym goer. Mm. And to me, I like, I don't, even though, I do have a desire somewhere in me. There's a desire to exercise a lot more than I do, hmm. but I don't. So I have resistance around that. And I, when I see someone like you going to the gym as regularly as you do, I, the discipline feels like a resonant word because mm. you're kind of like, disciplined okay, in that sense. like I show up to this, even if, even if I don't want to, I've, you have found a way to get there. I yeah okay so (laughs) I I'm gonna say that being gay is the first reason (laughs) no Mm. that toxic that toxic of like your body has to be this to be attractive yeah yeah. no it it kind of is true and it kind of isn't true um Mm -hmm. there's the quote or the phrase or whatever that says everything in moderation but I don't want to be moderately healthy Mm. I don't want to be moderately happy with the way I look in the mirror I don't want to be feel moderately happy i want to be absolutely happy i want to push my limits of being happy with myself and going to the gym is a way that i can control the endorphin release the serotonin release in my brain mm-hmm. the dopa that's a way that i can set it up that is a focus on i'm doing something that helps me cultivate quote unquote discipline mm-hmm. that then later bleeds into other areas of my life. However, I still procrastinate before going to the gym. <laughs> I said I'll go at 10 yeah. and I only leave at 11.30. Okay. Okay. Is that a problem? However, no, it's not a problem. However, today was not like that. Mm-hmm. Today was like, I'll leave it. I'll leave. I'll be there at 10. I was there at like 10.03, which is, I, I don't know why that is happened. Is that because we had plans? Like, yeah, you didn't want to be late for our plans. So more important <laughs> is I didn't want to be late. <laughs> Way more important than anything else I had to do. Yes. So I guess that's where I find value. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that's, I don't want to use the word discipline, but it is discipline. For me, that Mm -hmm. is how I exercise discipline, is sitting down, doing this thing, even though you don't want to. Yeah. But I want to go to the gym. Yeah. So it's not hard to have discipline when you want to do something. Well, yeah, because if we never, yeah, oh, well, that's great. It's something you enjoy and it gives you very, you're very aware of what the rewards are. For me, I think I don't have a secure attachment, going back to that kind of process, I don't have a secure attachment to my exercise. Uh, So that would be my secure attachment is that. It seems like it. It will will make me feel better. Mm -hmm. Physically, mentally, make make me feel better. 
Yeah. So you've experienced like that cycle enough times that you know, like, okay, if I show up for this, this is what I'm going to receive. Yes. Actually. There's a give and take It's a habit. Yeah. It's a neural. And it's a relationship, I think. Oh, definitely. You know? Yeah. Um, And then I get to look at the hot guys at the gym. Well, there you go. More (laughs) reward. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Yeah. So Mm. that's how I... I guess I deal with it. I don't know. Um, I just want to say when it comes to discipline, this is something I'm still learning and um, navigating. It's I think it's one of my, my life trajectories in this lifetime, I think, is, is yeah reframing and coming to like really love and cherish my relationship to uh, discipline or mm. concepts that I just from an astrological lens like associate with Saturnian, you oh, know, Saturnian Saturn, yes. uh, themes uh, because they're, I am highly ambitious and are, I have yes. so many goals. And, and yet, you do a lot. I do. I, I am very act. I, yes, I do a lot. And mm. that's great. I love that. Um, but in working with my natal chart, especially, I have uncovered, uh, like, I think, deeper processes that I'm still navigating mm. Um dynamics around why am i so rebellious about like i like you have to do this thing even when it's me who's saying that you know (laughs) like (laughs) oh yeah right right that self-talk and that Mm -hmm. that learning that unlearning yeah or relearning or whatever the case is but i know that the more i know that the more that i do show up consistently for the things that i want to do and make uh, and create I know that there is great reward in that. It's not, none of this is black and white, even though I think so much of what we talk about when it comes to procrastination and idleness and, um, you know, productivity that's so loaded and rooted in stuff that I'm like, I'm just letting that go. Yeah. But there is a deeper layer for me in that, no, I really want to learn how to show up for what I care about more, more consistently. Kind of view it kind of like showing up for yourself. Mm-hmm. yeah for myself but also for like for go, going back to like the temperance card you mm. know and like this kind of this connectedness uh you had talked about listening right so like listening to that which is within Ooh. and beyond me and then also showing up for i think again i don't like the word purpose but like showing up for the conversations and for the the tasks that that are kind of always bubbling around, mm. you know, not, yeah. it's not just about me, never. However, I am part of it too. Yeah. It's finding that temperance, mm. that balance. Yes, 100%. So now that we've talked about the myths of mental health, mm. I think uh, mental health, the myths of mental health, which there are many of, <laughs> the myths of procrastination, I would like to just delve into lightly or deeply about the impact on our mental health that procrastination has or can have. Okay. Yes. And you mentioned something earlier before, which was very triggering. Shame mm-hmm. that comes with procrastination. or And we spoke about value, personal human value that comes with discipline or lack thereof. Or procrastination or laziness or that these terms mm-hmm. that really are loaded with feeling devalued as a person. Yes. Yes. So what are your thoughts on that? How is procrastination linked to negative mental health states or unhealthy mental health states? There's a cycle of... Mm -hmm. I think we had talked recently about how procrastination is so linked for so many people to a sense of perfectionism. And so I, I know for myself, there is a 
definitely a cycle that I've been caught in many times of perfectionism, then yeah, shame, it cycles around and around. Like mm. perfectionism, which leads to sort of inaction, um, yes. which then leads to a feeling of shame, like what's wrong with me? Why can't I do this thing that I'm that I have to do um, or even that I want to do? Yeah, which I, I think over a long period of time, I relate that a lot to also my experiences of depression, mm. which are clinical. I have been clinically diagnosed with depression and I've had depressive episodes throughout my life. And um, those tended to coincide with periods of time where I was very low energy mm. and, un, uh, you know, I, you could say unmotivated or unable to show up for yeah. my life. I like know? that you don't like the word motivated. I don't. Yeah, yeah I think that's too. another. It's, it's another, another triggering and uh, loaded word. Yes, for sure. Yeah, like a, a lower capacity for basic life tasks, mm. you know. Mm. Um, so, yes, procrastination as a concept I think can be very harmful for our mental health. And believing all these things around procrastination or laziness or discipline or productivity has really led to us experiencing this cycle of, or not led to, but I think is a, a big contributor to both anxiety and depression. Mm -hmm. Both of those things. Like, what do you think the reason people procrastinate? Oh, I mean, yeah. I just made my own list. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I would like to explore your list. <laughs> okay. I'm overwhelmed or stressed and it's a freeze response. Again, yes. coming coming from um, sitting sitting response. with Luis Mojica's idea of trauma and procrastination, mm. which I think are inherently linked for many people. So does that mean there's also fear in there? Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Like, well, and it's like, well, there's fear, but also just, you know, we enter these states, uh, fight, flight, freeze, mm -hmm. fawning when we're not just fearful, but when we're overwhelmed, and, overwhelmed. which our body experiences as fear mm. and, and a lack of safety. Yes, you know? anxiety is just fear. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's actually, it's interesting that uh, in the same, the same post, um, he mentions how we use coffee in order to stimulate our bodies into a fight flight rather so than that freeze. We can take so we action. can do stuff. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is yeah ugh, now i'm never gonna drink coffee again okay <laughs> <laughs> no no i but but actually i i love coffee for the because it does help me do things i don't feel that it does i just oh. like the taste okay i don't physically feel the effect oh, okay. however when i don't drink it drink it like when i had covid mm -hmm. i didn't drink coffee once i mm -hmm. think my i also had withdrawal from coffee and then covid the COVID headaches plus coffee headaches was just too much. Anyway, that was so. A, was a are you to... hoping to quit coffee? Well, I've just limited it to to saying I'll drink two cups maximum a day. Okay. Or I'll drink two cups before twelve a.m. Mm -hmm. or p.m. whatever mm -hmm. before the the afternoon starts. Okay. And that's all. Don't sure. Know. Yeah. Yeah, I actually own. Yeah, I used to drink a lot more coffee. Anyway, yeah, that's tangential, but I thought it was interesting. Um, mm. Uh, the next reason is my body doesn't want to do it. Oh, my yeah. body doesn't want to. Not just me, but my body doesn't want hmm. to. Doesn't want to sit down and do this action. And you forcing yourself to do something is kind of close to getting to discipline, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And mm. it's, uh, yeah, well, it's like, um, 
And I don't remember who said that. Oh, this is from the from the laziness does not exist. Uh-huh. Um, one thing that they wrote is what uh, chronic overcommitters are experts at ignoring their body's needs. Oh <laughs> yes, I think not to read you. I think you're an overcommitter. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> am. You're right. Yes, yes. Um, and yes. and you like showing up for people. Yeah, and that also means that when you when you don't listen to your body or your boundaries. You end up then with a, most likely with a period of like I don't want to see anyone or do anything. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Like I I have these cycles of and then I sort of enter like a crisis state where mm. my my body then is telling me like Hey, Alarms. you need to stop. And I'm like, okay, I guess I need to stop. Now. I need to stop. I need to take care of myself. <laughs> It's so hard finding that balance, especially when you like to be around the energy. Of it's other my people. joy. Like my great, one of my greatest joys is being with people. Mm. So, but I definitely have trouble balancing that, and yeah. I do overcommit. So, the other, then then that leads me to procrastinate when I just need to rest. Um, like I need to rest. I need maybe I need um, more movement, or I need there's there there are basic needs not being met, mm. and I'm trying to push myself to do something even though really what my body needs is is restore restoration. Yeah, I mentioned I have overcommitted and ignored my body's needs, but then my body is telling me to stop. That 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 like. I can't do this thing is like information. Like mm. maybe you just need to stop trying to do yeah. this thing. I'm afraid of failure and imperfection. Oh, yep. Uh, that touched so. me in my soul. <laughs> um, I need more time to, so this is, this is going back to Rebecca Altman's uh, talk on resistance. I think sometimes we force things when they're not ready. Mm. So like maybe I need more time to process or incubate something. Yeah. Um, maybe there's like, maybe there's some spaciousness needed around something. Like mm. it's not time to act yet. It's not time to act yet. Okay. But I'm trying to force that, mm. which is why it, it's not happening, mm. which happens a lot in my creative process and it's very frustrating to me until I sort of let go mm. and I realize like okay if the timing was right if this was ready I would I think I would be able to like I would have more capacity or excitement or energy to put uh, towards this thing but if, like it's still it's not something yet not something it's yet. still okay gestating mm. okay um I need novelty and so these tasks I have to do don't interest me Therefore, uh, I procrastinate. You like the dopamine response of yeah. something new and fresh. And, and I hate doing boring repetitive, tasks. Boring ta- well, and that leads into why I think people procrastinate is because we don't know how to be bored. Mm, okay. We don't let ourselves sit and be bored. We don't mm. allow ourselves to feel for that feeling to complete its cycle or its... its. What we do is we distract ourselves when we get bored. I think boredom is a way for your body to be like sit and do nothing or you don't know what you're doing with your energy like what are you doing so oftentimes i find myself literally just sitting on my bed being bored yeah just laying there being bored fighting the habit of grabbing my phone and now it's becoming better because i no longer have instagram so Mm -hmm. it's like what am i gonna do my phone now Mm -hmm. like what am i gonna do uh, say hi to someone and I don't know if they're going to respond immediately. What am I going to do? Mm-hmm. Then I end up going, well, you wanted to write, go write. Mm-hmm. Um, that's for me. Yeah. But I think that when you're bored, realize you're bored mm-hmm. and don't try and distract yourself. Not that distraction isn't a healthy tool. Not that disassociating isn't a healthy tool. But sitting there just being bored, looking up at your ceiling is also disassociating. 
Um, I think it often is. It can also be rest and idleness. Yes. Depending on depending on what's happening we there. We don't know how to be idle. Well, that's a whole that could be a podcast of its own. Yes. Uh, only because yeah, it's that 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 makes me think of how we don't know how to rest because rest is actually very scary for it many is. people. Yes, um, because we live in the society you have to of stuff. productivity. <laughs> <laughs> when mm. when you're truly truly resting, stuff comes to the surface that's oh, very terrifying. <laughs> your mind goes places. <laughs> well, like, and and in your does body Does anyone too, actually like me? Stuff, ooh, yeah, yeah, all your all your unprocessed material tends to surface when you actually stop. That's so true. <laughs> that is so true. Scary. Maybe that's why I like to stop because I like to reflect and think Mm. deep about things mm. huh, maybe well i do think in those moments of idleness that that cre- artists and creative people need that too like we can't always be in the pro- producing mode like in mm. making something we need we you need can't. we need idle time and uh moments where we do nothing because that i think is where like ideas come and you know things yep. are things are percolating percolating someone once said and i read i don't know where they read where i read this but someone said you can't be consuming and producing at the same time Mm -hmm. and i found that extremely Mm -hmm. valuable you Mm -hmm. can't be watching netflix the whole time thinking i want to be a writer you're not gonna go and write if you have the option of thousands hundreds of thousands of of ways to distract you or to take your attention yeah. You're not going to do that. Keeping in mind that this is, exists on a spectrum of capacity mm. that based on, I think, like our neurodiversity and how our brain works and, and what, what capacity we have to like do various tasks. Mm. There's a wide range of that. But keeping that in mind, I'm curious what your thoughts are on sort of facing procrastination and then moving through it. Right, yeah. Uh, But keeping it within this, keeping in mind that like so many conversations about this are very like ableist and not as simple as just do this thing and that and you won't procrastinate. But even for you as someone who you don't you don't experience challenges of that kind, uh, but I do. So I'm curious what we might like uncover around ways to move through it. It all comes down for me to marrying that like practice telling the truth to yourself saying, I don't want to do this Mm -hmm. and recognizing that you are not inherently lazy, undisciplined. However, procrastination is a habit. Mm. It's a habit like you drinking coffee in the morning. Procrastination is also a habit. Mm -hmm. The best way that I have found that gets me out of not feeling value, not feeling worth, not procrastinating, quote unquote, or not being productive is that I, when I recognize I'm procrastinating, what I'll do is, you know what, just go write one paragraph, just sit down for five minutes when you feel like you want to do something else. And let's say I like to clean. That's my wife will great when I clean. So I will write for five minutes, then I'll go clean something. Usually what tends to happen is once I get started, I tend to not procrastinate. Mm -hmm. The habit is is like the thing you do that I'm going to wash the dishes that that triggers the neurons around that habit then this is going to happen then this is going to happen then I'm going to do this and and not do the action that you thought you mm. want to do mm-hmm. and so when you break that cycle when you can recognize oh wait this is a cycle if I break it with something else there's a possibility for you to 
understand how to kind of trick your brain into a new habit. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the that's the the best way that I can say that's not that is both personal, but is also physiologically, psych, neurologically, something that happens in your brain. Yeah. That's the most Virgo thing, analytical yeah. thing that I can give. Yeah. Yes. What would you do? What do well, you do? Well, definitely sort of what you're saying lines aligns with what I would say, which is just that um, breaking things into small tasks is like crucial. I tend to procrastinate on things that feel really like big like, yeah, ugh, and I've attached some weight to it. That's why I want it to be perfect. Some value, um, some value. Yeah, that I personal put, value, like personal yeah. value, or yeah, and that like ah, I, I have to do this right. This can't, this can't be flawed, or it can't be imperfect. Um, and then I'm just in the freeze, like because I'm because then I'm like anxious about how it's gonna turn out. You mm. know, like spending time in the future, time traveling to how it's not gonna be what i want it to be i know that resonates with you it does um <laughs> both of us like yes. yeah, yeah yeah uh so but yeah like break so breaking something into small tasks is like i mean that's not a new concept i think oh, many it's not. people yeah. are very familiar with the 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 potential benefits of that mm. yeah i mean I'm, I'm definitely in a learning state around this and trying to learn from other people um who have the same challenges that i do but Trying, I, I, I'm thinking lately about how to try trying to make tasks fun or rewarding mm. um, and novel. And so I know about myself, like, I, I think this is what I was talking about recently when I said that my creativity is sort of chaotic. I mm. need to find a way to be consistent, but wild, like in that yes i would like to sit down every day and write but that has to be different every day like it can't be the exact same thing because right. i need some kind of it goes back to that myth and how i felt it's sort of true and yeah. you felt it would sort of be true for me i need to be inspired or in the right mood it's not about being inspired or in the right mood but i need it to be sort of wild mm. i need to like rewild like these these things that I want to show up to do. Right. Um, which is hard when you're trying to create. It's like finding a balance. It's finding a balance. Consistency and novelty. I also think that your, your need for things to be wild and that kind of thing may also be how you have found your most productive or most creative. And so it's also become a habit yeah. that you, this thing that you, I need to have this in order that this wildness equals to creativity which isn't necessarily true mm -hmm. however for you that's your process i think when you could if you experiment with different processes mm -hmm. and push through it if you can perhaps you may find a different kind of creativity sure um but i understand oh, i actually appreciate what you're saying like there's something to questioning just listening and then questioning what I take to be true about even what I need create creatively. Yeah. Because I think that changes over time as well. And mm. and perhaps for someone like me who would be like, I'll wake up at four and I'll write for 30 minutes. Perhaps I need to then also go, 
I need some wildness. I need some random moment of, because I do find sometimes I'll be at work and randomly something will come up and I'll write a paragraph. Yeah. You know, and that isn't 4 a.m. in the morning. Yeah. So there is, there's, there's value and lesson and truth to be learned from both sides of the spectrum here. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And we, we, we say all these things. And like you mentioned before, I just want to tell people that we say all these things that we're within a financial means, yeah. that we're within a social means, that we're within a mental health means, environmentally within a, a space that is conducive to have these conversations yeah. about how we can possibly manage our mental health. Not everyone has that. A lot of people actually don't. Yes. Um, a lot of people have families. I mean, the list goes on about the things that we have that are different to other people. So therefore, we can't just give a blanket statement. However, I do think what we spoke about, there is some value in people going, mm, I could try that. Yeah. You know, yes. not that it will fix, but you trying is already a step in the right direction. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. And I think and I think if there's a, like a holistic view on this, uh, I think from my perspective, regardless of where like where we're at, um, you know, tending to, tending to our, like, human bodies and those needs is, like, a foundational thing that is also so hard to do because of the light, the world we live in. Yeah. But I, I just think, I just keep thinking about my friend uh, and what she said about, like, reinforcements and setting herself up each day for, you know, like, an ideal ideal um relationship to these things mm. letting go of the expectations on that so that there's not a shame spiral so that there's not um you know a diminished self-worth but like i think we could all think about like what you know and keep track of when when i what are what was going on what was i giving myself or receiving when i was being like productive and that's doing, the one you know is recognizing what did I do that was conducive to me being productive? Yeah. And what did I have access to? Yes. What was I receiving from, you know, my environment? Yeah, backtracking, keeping data. Yeah, keeping data and be like, mm -hmm. I woke up and I and I sat there for five minutes. Maybe I could try that tomorrow morning. Yeah. Or another example might be like, in your case, like the waking up early. I, I really gave myself a, a wonderful bedtime routine the night before yes. and I got good sleep. Yes. And so I woke up refreshed. Refreshed. Or like, oh, normally I skip this meal or something and I ate this meal on this day and then I felt like energized, mm. like things like that. Or you know? <laughs> how did I feel? When I decided to make myself food instead of ordering something, mm. oh, how did I, how, how did my body feel the next day when I ate this compared to that? Yeah. Because when you take care of the inputs, mm -hmm. the outputs take care of themselves. Mm. Um, and that's a quote that comes from James Clear, which is from the book Atomic Habits that okay. I do think that you like. Yeah, I like, I, I like where this is going. I'm very happy um, where this is going. And I'd like to wrap up with something that someone, uh, 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 she has become more of a speaker, more of a uh, uh, motivational speaker. Mm -hmm. I do like some of the things she said. Her name is Mel Robbins, and she came up with this five-second rule. Not the five-second rule where you, where you, um, something on the Eat floor. Eat food yeah. off the floor. <laughs> <laughs> the five-second rule that says that, um, uh, let's say you have to get up in the morning, but you're like procrastinating. 
and she she found this way of being like I'm gonna count from five four three two one and I'll on on one I'll get up and I'll do it, and she has found a way, um, backed by research and mm-hmm. by neurological research and that kind of thing, how that idea helps that process helps you doing a countdown five four three two one and then doing it like a rocket ship leaving this you know the uh, mm-hmm. atmosphere mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. and she said that procrastination is not a personality trait you are not a procrastinator you have a habit of mm-hmm. procrastinating it's how you deal with stress mm-hmm. when you say that it's just a part of who you are you don't have to take responsibility for changing it but when you realize that it's just a habit that changes everything that's what she says what do you think about that that people identify oh i'm just lazy oh i just don't have discipline oh i'm just procrastinator that's just who i am and i don't i'm not gonna change that i'm not gonna apologize for that um okay you i'm very pro- i'm very visual so i'm like seeing two circles in my mind and Ooh. in the inner circle is like a resonant energy around this statement that like mm. yes uh some healthy detachment can allow us to bring the change we want. Like detachment from ideas that like this thing we do is who we are. Mm. I'm into that invitation. Mixed in with that is like some prickliness around like responsibility. That's sort of my my sort of rebelliousness. Like mm. taking responsibility for the outer circle is like the pool of like uh dissolving like society's ideas about this mm-hmm. where like yes i think i love not identifying with procrastinator as, as a like personality a per- trait yeah as, as who, who you i are. am i okay. love that and i do yeah i i totally agree i really think it's important to see procrastination as a stress response and i want to wrap all of that in a lot of compassion for mm. myself and other people and remember the the like swamp of change that like i'm trying to live in where Ugh. i'm like let's just like dissolve all the crap about yeah. like the preconceived responsibility notions. and productivity and the, the like you need to take responsibility for who you are like yeah sure yes and also it's okay to just like not do stuff yeah sometimes you know like like, like, we can give ourselves that um i think we can give ourselves that (laughs) if you want to change then take responsibility for it if you don't feel like you want to change then that's fine however when when there is something about you that negatively affects or hurts someone else Mm -hmm. that's where i draw a line a boundary Okay. So do what you want to do, whatever, however way you want to do, mm-hmm. as long as you're not hurting someone else, then I don't care. But the moment you, it affects my life or more than just you, then there is something for you to look at and go, perhaps, perhaps this isn't healthy. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I think for me, procrastination is, feels like such a... I, I don't think I'm hurting anyone except myself when mm. it comes to my procrastination. Like uh, then, then I feel it's fine, <laughs> like, completely fine. As far as as 
far as our relationship has gone, yeah, nothing that you have done in procrastination that I I don't even know about. Like I don't even know when you procrastinate. So therefore, constantly, Ivor, well, <laughs> every day. But it hasn't affected my life. Okay, well that's good. I mean that's important. That that's like we're creative co- collaborators, and right? So yeah, like. So we both. So you are taking responsibility for yourself then. Yeah. Oh well, yeah, yeah. When it comes, yes. Well, for also, your... but also that that goes back to like neurodivergence as well, where like mm. uh, there's so much shame wrapped up in letting people down. And <laughs> Me, not, shame so, of being late. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's so much. So I'm very motivated by not letting others down, and yeah, so me too. That's why, and I'm motivated by being able to support myself financially so i don't so in the end i won't procrastinate eternally at work because i can't i have to do those things yeah and uh yeah like i don't want to let my friends down and people i love uh down so i will show up for that and it's just for me it's more um things that are are just sort of my own Mm. uh, my own kind of goals and desires and dreams that i tend to uh, procrastinate on because mm. I'm not motivated by those things. Yeah. So I'm like, I can let this go. You, you know? can let this go. <laughs> well, you know, we often judge ourselves the worst. Mm-hmm. And I would just like to say that you show up for other people. And I think that you have that same capacity to show up for yourself. So striving and I, every day. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> so um, that's our show, everyone. Thanks for listening. Uh, I am off social media, as I've mentioned, mm-hmm. but Mallory is, what's your Instagram handle? At Mallory Dowd. At Mallory Dowd. That's mm-hmm. Mallory with two L's, yes. Mallory Dowd. I once accidentally, with in a message with Alamine, wrote your name with one L, and he just corrected me, like in capital letters, M-A-L-L-O-R-Y. Aww, I was like, thank you, I know, Love I you. know. I'm literally re- but anyway, looking out for me. <laughs> he is. <laughs> and um, so Mallory and I plan to release an episode twice a month so Mm -hmm. once every two weeks so i hope that my hope is that people are able to identify ways in which they procrastinate way in which self-talk um is a little bit deceptive and are able to employ some of what we spoke about to perhaps put them on a different step if if they want to if you want to if you don't want to that's fine just don't hurt anybody Mm -hmm. and if you want to hurt anybody um Please don't. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any um, last thoughts? Um, yes, I hope I hope that this episode served and um, gave some temperance, useful in perspectives. And yeah, I I I hope we all can also, if we if there are things that we wish to uh, cease procrastinating on, interrupt the habit of procrastination mm. uh, when it comes to something. I hope that we can. Um, follow Brene, uh, uh, Elizabeth Gilbert's uh, um, advice in Big Magic, which is sometimes done is better than good. Honestly, <laughs> I, I agree. That's a great way to wrap up the episode. Yes. Thank you very much, everyone, and have a wonderful, wonderful day. Bye-bye. Bye.